Today we have a letter from a lady whose problem is not unique. Unfortunately, many people who come for counseling at our center and who come to pastors from time to time tell the same story. Therefore, this is a very important question to consider. Let me read the letter. Thank you for your broadcast on WFSI. I was also challenged by your books in the seminar at Washington Bible College. Last fall, I discovered my husband was being unfaithful. It has and still is a long, hard struggle sometimes for him and me. God just used you, your books and broadcast to minister to my need on several specific occasions. Praise the Lord. But please, could you discuss sometime the woman's role in her husband's unfaithfulness in trusting again, in understanding his struggles, how to respond to him, and yet work through her own fears and feelings of insecurity and guilt for not trusting. Please send the pamphlet, What Do You Do When Your Marriage Goes Sour? Thank you very much. This problem, as I said before, is all too common. Questions of unfaithfulness by either party often lead to the difficulty that the forgiving party now has to live with memories and has to live with the situation uh, constantly before him or her. How can that forgiveness be recognized in reality, day by day, in that living situation? That's the question that this lady has in mind. And I'd like to talk about that matter for you today or for someone that you may know who is having the same difficulty. The first thing we need to recognize is what forgiveness is in the Bible. Forgiveness is not just something that we say. Forgiveness is something that we promise. You see, in the Bible, when God forgives us, he says, for example, in Jeremiah 31, 34, I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. There is the key to the problem that's being presented in this letter. Our forgiveness, of course, ought always to parallel God's forgiveness to us. And here we see in this verse, quoted in other places significantly, the way that God forgives. We're to forgive as he forgives. And you see, what God does is when he forgives us in Jesus Christ, when we put our trust in Christ and believe that he died for our sins and rose again from the dead bodily on that third day, that God accepted his sacrifice in lieu of our unworthiness, when we trust him and become Christians, God promises, I will remember your sin against you no more. He will not raise that issue with us again. And here is the answer, you see, to the lady's problem. She says, I have difficulty in trusting again and understanding his struggles. Well, you see, she's talking about, as she puts it, the woman's role in her husband's unfaithfulness. She's still living in that unfaithfulness. Even though she says she's forgiven, I assume, though the letter doesn't mention that specifically, I assume that she decided to go on with her husband and to forgive him and to continue to work on the problem. But even though she says that she has forgiven, she has kept the issue alive. When she's talking about the wife's role 
in relationship to her husband's unfaithfulness, the unfaithfulness should no longer be a matter that she has to play a role toward. I think all of this comes from a misunderstanding of forgiveness, as I said. Let's try to understand it. Forgiveness is the granting of a promise, the making of a promise. God, when he forgives us, is definite and clear-cut. He leaves no doubt about that matter. Now, if this husband or any other husband or any other wife, for that matter, who has been unfaithful to his or her spouse does not clearly seek forgiveness, and if the forgiveness is not clearly granted, if the promise, I forgive you and I will remember your sins against you no more, is not made specifically, that may be the first difficulty in this matter of forgetting the problem and putting it to rest. If there is a hazy, fuzzy kind of relationship that is just sort of understood but maybe misunderstood, that has not been dealt with definitively, clearly, and crisply by saying, I have sinned, I have wronged God, and I have wronged you. Will you please forgive me? And if the other has not been required to say, yes, I will forgive you, then on either side there can be uncertainty about the matter. First, the party who should seek forgiveness may never have really sought it, may have come back on terms less than terms of repentance. There might be part of the fuzziness. Secondly, even if the forgiveness were sought, if the party who uh, was offended does not clearly and specifically state, I will forgive you, if the promise is not made clearly and crisply and plainly so that all parties understand, and haziness is left, then, of course, that party may say, well, I'm still working on it. It hasn't actually been accomplished yet. But you see, God doesn't deal that way with us. When we come to Jesus Christ and we say, I have sinned, when we say with Isaiah, I am an unclean man and I, uh, I have unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, and God says, here, I'm going to forgive you. Here is the live coal with the tongues taken from the altar, and it burns the sin away. When God forgives, he says, I will not remember your sins anymore. There is a clear-cut promise not to go on making an issue of the issue anymore. In other words, I will not continue to look on this as, a, as something that I have to have a role about, something that I have to deal with in days to come. Uh, the question is, the sin is forgiven or unforgiven? And that is the issue to begin with. And so the first thing I want to suggest is that when we say uh, we forgive, we also are saying we promise to work on forgetting. It's not a matter of forgiving and forgetting, uh, as some people say, uh, so that you have to be able to forget before you can forgive. But it's a matter, as we're going to see in the next broadcast, that forgiving is what leads to forgetting. Once the promise of forgiveness has genuinely been made, and that promise is kept, kept fully, securely, plainly, and explicitly by the party who makes it, then the forgetting will come, and it will come a lot faster than you have any idea. It does not have to be, for example, a long, hard struggle, as this letter suggests. The matter of forgiving can come rapidly. I have seen it come in lives of people within a matter of weeks, a few weeks, in which that marriage was stronger and more sturdy and more uh, solidly built together than it ever had been before the break.
You know, it is true that where God's forgiveness comes, that there is a stronger bond than there ever could have been uh, in any other way. We are now not only his by creation, but we're his by redemption. And so this can be true also where forgiveness takes place in a marriage, that after the break and the rewelding together of the parties, that the bond that takes place can be stronger than the original marriage in the first place. And so I want to give hope and encouragement to not only this woman, but to others who might be listening. Be sure to tune in in our next broadcast, and we'll talk further about how this forgiveness can quickly change the situation and the relationship between these two parties. Lord, help in this marriage and all others like it, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen.